0: Hello, hello, greetings, hi, all of the greetings and well wishes to you today on Saturday, November 11th in what has been the crescendo of a bizarre week, uh, the crescendo of an extremely weird day, weird night last night, doesn't matter, there's a football game to play on Saturday, Michigan wins 24-15 at Penn State, no Jim Harbaugh, uh, the Legal stuff still being sorted out there with fighting his suspension. So Sharon Moore was the head coach today, and I'm just gonna open up like this, and then I'll let Ryan cut his cut his promo, whatever he wants to say in response to it. But I'm curious because there are a lot of coaches, anonymous coaches, I'll say, non-football people, even some football people, who oh, you know, uh, you know, the stealing signs. That's probably worth. 10 points. It's probably worth 21 points. Competitive advantage. Uh, Everyone else had a competitive disadvantage. Let me ask you this. Does someone want to quantify the competitive advantage or disadvantage of not having the head coach that coached you all week, got on the plane with you, finding out while he's in the air that he will be suspended, and having a court thing go long into the night to where they got on a bus this morning not knowing who their head coach would be? You have Sharon Moore out there. You, you know, you're going up in one of the toughest environments in college football. You're playing an elite athletic defense. And you go out and you make a statement at Penn State on Saturday. And you know what? I'm, I'm done with the competitive advantage bullshit. I'm done with all of the hot takery. I'm done, I'm done with the sources, the anonymous reports. Michigan's a good football team because it has good football players and an excellent coaching staff. And Saturday, in a roundabout way, best win of the Jim Harbaugh era, which is weird to say because Jim Harbaugh wasn't there. But that was that game today was this team and this program personified.
1: No Jim Harbaugh, uh, all the distractions in the world. And this team, to me, just like you said, proved why I think there's so much attention on them and why there's so many people around us trying to tear the Michigan program down. This team came out in the second half and I don't know if I've ever seen it before, but had no pass attempts that counted. We got the one passing uh, pass interference call, but no pass attempts that counted. And took it to a Penn State team that James Franklin was quoted as earlier this year saying was one of the best or maybe one of the best defenses in the country, which I don't know that I disagree with them. But to be one-dimensional, let them know what you're going to do in their place on a team that self, uh, self-proclaimed best defense in the country. Uh, I couldn't be more proud of not just the win that these guys got, but the fashion in which they did it. Uh, the circumstances in which they were able to achieve it. Um, not enough can be said about what this team has been able to do, considering all of the different things occurring around them that are not football related, that are trying to take this team down. So super proud as an alum, super proud as a guy that wore the helmet, uh, just on the edge of emotional for these guys for this win.
0: I want to put you inside that locker room really quick. And I go. I know it's it's impossible to know what those guys were going through, but Put yourself in there or on the bus today, on the plane yesterday. I know these guys are kind of you know locked out of social media; they're they're keeping away from the noise and all that. But as a player in that situation, where you don't exactly know who's leading the troops on Saturday, um, and I guess you know you could say that Harbaugh was spiritually leading the troops because this was. Again, this game had his his fingerprints all over it. I mean, they they won playing like a service academy. I didn't have that on my bingo card today. Uh, but put yourself in their shoe in in their shoes as a former player, and you know what what did it? What might have it taken for them to find a way to lock themselves into this game?
1: My experience was was up and down through through my years at Michigan, and I had the the fortunate experience of being able to end on a high note and. Uh, I feel like when I thought that our team was our very best was when the leadership and the culture was groomed by the seniors and and the veterans of your team. You know, you, you talk about your leaders of your team, and make no mistake, Jim Harbaugh is just as important as anybody else on the team. But that's also the point: is that he's only as important as anybody else on the team. And that's something that I feel like this team embraces and not a lot of people are even going to understand after I say it, but no one man is more important than the team. And that includes Jim Harbaugh and this team embraces that and their leadership as much as it flows through Harbaugh comes from JJ McCarthy, Blake Corum, Trevor Keegan, Zach Zinter, uh, Mike Sanders, Michael Barrett, that's where your culture and your leadership comes from. And yes, it's been groomed by Harbaugh, but uh, the fire gets started. And then the seniors and veterans are the one that add more kindling and blow some air in there. And uh, I just feel like this team is as cohesive as a team as I've ever seen, not just at Michigan, but in college football. And if You know, if I was one of those outsiders that's been taking shots and uh, has something to say, and I was still remaining on my schedule or on the Michigan schedule, I'd be very sure not to put anything up on the bulletin boards because this team needs no more external motivation because they're going to finish this November with intent and purpose, and I'm very excited to see what happens here as we progress
0: through November. Absolutely. We'll talk offensive takeaways. We'll talk defensive takeaways. We'll take your questions as well. We do have a couple super chats here. I want to get to this one first. Uh, the biggest we've had this year, I believe a $50 super chat uh, from AM 89. He says, uh, I appreciate your sensible coverage of the drama over at the Wolverine or sensible coverage of the drama over at the Wolverine. Watch your stuff for free over the past couple of years. And I feel like a freeloader. So here's a payment on what I owe. If I still feel like a freeloader, I will send the rest uh, That is incredibly kind of you to say, um, listen, I mean, I, I, I am a football writer and and uh, a podcast or a content creator, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but I have spent far too much time over the last few weeks researching bylaws, listening to lawyers talk, getting up to, you know up to date with legal jargon and things of that nature. This is my element. Football is my element, and a game like this, where this was one of those classic Big Ten bar fights, right? I don't think anyone's surprised that Michigan was going to find itself in one of those games, but this is, I think this type of game and this type of team is where I think some of our best work comes out. So AM 89, thank you so much for uh, the shout out, the super chat, the $50 donation. Um, you're not a freeloader. You are, uh, you're part of the family. So we thank you for that. I have a couple other ones. I want to get to here real quick. Uh, Chris Sheehan just sent one for four ninety-nine. Just, uh, don't see a question attached to it if you have one send it in we'll get back to it uh Seth Floyd for 499 says the theory the theory I have is that coach Moore knew that Penn State couldn't play offense so he ran the ball to prevent turnovers and probably saving stuff for OSU I'm gonna put a pin in that one right now I think maybe that's what we lead with when we talk offense but I do want to talk first about our great friends as you see I'm wearing the script Michigan baseball hoodie uh, talk about our friends over at Homefield Apparel. Uh, you guys have heard me come on here in the post game show several times now uh, throughout the season. Um, Homefield Apparel is is the place to go for vintage, you know, these vintage designs of some of college football's most iconic brands. And and I know this too. It's not all about the Wolverines. We might have some angry Penn State fans on here. We might have some. Uh, Ohio State fans, Michigan State fans on here watching the show. Our promo code Wolverine23 is for you as well. You can use that to get 15% off your first order. Over at homefieldapparel.com, other schools uh, involved in Home Alabama, Notre Dame, obviously the Michigan Collection, Florida, Indiana, Nebraska. Go go to the website, uh, a lot of uh, group of five schools on there as well. You'll probably find something that you'll like there. Um, I have an entire drawer full of this stuff at my home. It is that's the most comfortable apparel that I wear uh, when I'm around the house, when I go to the store, whatever it is. Uh, the guys at Home Field are great. Thank you so much for your continued sponsorship of our show. Uh, use promo code Wolverine23. Uh, use that code for 15% off any customer's first order with Homefield. So thank you to our pals over at Home Field. Uh, let's go back to the question now from Seth Floyd. And... Ryan, I'll let you take this one and, and go off here for however long as you need. But uh, Seth uh, says, the theory I have is that Coach Moore knew Penn State couldn't play offense, so he ran the ball to prevent turnovers, also probably saving stuff for OSU. So let's hear you know your thoughts about the game plan today or where things wound up going. 46 rushes, 227 yards, uh, just a vintage Blake Quorum performance, 26 for 145, two touchdowns. He's up to 18 touchdowns on the year. They ran For the second year in a row, they put up gaudy numbers against an elite run defense. And I believe coming into this game, Penn State was the number one run defense in the country. So speak to what you saw there and maybe why the game plan tilted in that direction.
1: I think early on you saw Chop, uh, I can't remember his last name, but Chop, the defensive end from Penn State, was beating Barnhart uh, off the line of scrimmage pretty regularly. And I feel like you saw us find the drop back passing game to be too much of an issue. And so we went into some of the short screens and then the run game and it wasn't like it was wildly successful, but it was successful enough to move the football. And to Seth's point, I think I kind of agree with you that when your defense is playing as solid as it has and drew Aller, I mean from rep number one, drew Aller to me has been Jekyll and Hyde last week. He looked like a superstar against Ohio state. He looked like a a four string guy, but, um, I think that we saw the Drew Aller that I thought we'd see, which was scared of the moment. And he's a young guy. He'll mature. He'll get better. But nothing about Drew Aller made me think today that he was going to stand back there, sling it, and beat the Michigan football team. So uh, I felt like if you're the offensive play caller and you're getting some mild success, moderate success running the football, and your defense isn't giving anything up, you're playing a field possession game. You're trying to limit possessions. And, And the other thing is I think it plays into Michigan's favor to have that physical mentality, that beat you down mentality. We haven't had one of those games, I feel like. I feel like we've struggled with the run game. But I think today was the most success we've had with the run game. Donovan Edwards shows out. Uh, Blake Quorum, as you mentioned, has a big game. So this was an identity game. And I feel like it also goes to speak to – I know they're not supposed to be focusing on the exterior factors, but who cares what your signals are? We're running the football. So signal whatever the hell you want. Buckle your chin strap because we're coming. And uh, as much as I've talked on this podcast of we need to be dynamic, we need to be creative, yada, 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 I got no issues. Line up with freaking eight offensive linemen, hand the ball to Quorum, and hit them in the mouth until they stop it. And they did do some things to slow it down, but they didn't stop it. And I think it ended up being the Achilles heel and you get to just lean on this running game and your great defense and win a, a ranked game in a tough environment.
0: I think part of it too is that Penn State pass rush is so good. Those guys coming off the edge are so athletic, and Michigan's tackles struggled with that. And, and that's over the next few weeks. I think I don't want to say you completely reopen that tackle battle, but uh, that's that's not something you can have against Ohio State. They also have a good front, um, you know, can hurt you a little more offensively. So you got to you've got to be able to kind of dial things in and, and get that sorted out. But today, I mean, again, it, it goes back to like the Washington game from two years ago, where if they're not going to stop the run and you're getting what you want out of it, just keep doing it until they stop it. And that's not, there's nothing to do with signs. It has nothing to do with, um, in fact, you're actually doing them a favor. Yes, we are running the football. Stop it. We're going to shove it right down your throats. And they weren't able to, um, they didn't have an answer for Michigan. Uh, This was their best running performance of the year. Uh, I liked how JJ used his legs, a couple big runs there, eight carries for 34 yards, Donovan Edwards, Ten for fifty-two and a touchdown. I mean, he. I think this was a game where you finally started to see some of the momentum that maybe they were seeing over the last few weeks that led them to believe a breakout game was close to coming. And this isn't exactly a breakout game, but this is one where you had to have him at his best and with the opportunities he had. Obviously, the twenty-two yard touchdown run was huge, uh, and the Blake Corum. Uh, they haven't had to lean on him all year, so the fact that you can lean on him in this situation in this game at that venue is, is massive. So um, it's kind of crazy that they went uh, again. I said earlier in the show, math is not a strong suit for me, whatever it was, 38 minutes without attempting a pass or, or completing a pass. I've never seen anything like that. Even when Michigan has been, uh, you know, not as good in the passing game. So maybe not the numbers that maybe JJ uh, McCarthy would be looking for to be at a Heisman Trophy ceremony, but who cares? I mean, this team has much bigger goals than any individual person, uh, obviously, and today was, again, kind of emblematic of that. Uh, I have this question from Chris Sheehan. Sorry, uh, Ryan, do you have an extra point on that? No,
1: I just, I'm just i looking at the stats as they're rolling across the screen here, and I mean, if you'd have told me J.J. McCarthy was going to complete, complete seven balls today and we were going to beat Penn State by two scores, mm-hmm. I would have called you crazy, but um, I, it's just wild to me that to be one-dimensional intentionally – and go into a top 10 school and beat them up like that. Uh, it's just, I don't know. It's got to have happened before, but this is just, I'm still kind of enamored by what we just saw. It wasn't the sexiest football game, but what just happened was a brutal beatdown down uh, in, in state college.
0: Yeah, it wasn't especially in that second half. Um, it just wasn't quite. It's not. It's not as close as the final score would indicate. I mean, once you went up two scores, I mean, I just don't think Drew Aller and Penn State were able to come. You know, we're going to be able to climb themselves out of that hole. So, uh, Chris Sheehan uh, is back with a question. Uh, Chris asked, "Do you guys feel like our receivers aren't getting open, or was it just because our O line finally played the way they were advertised?" So, I mean. The passing game in general. I mean, early on when they did have those opportunities, did you see anything in particular there, Ryan? No,
1: I mean, I honestly was wondering because I did like the running game, but we had so much success, and I feel like it finally took a couple guys' attention away from Quorum in in our interior run. I like the 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 just the screens out to Samaj Morgan early uh that we had and and some of the different perimeter passing game to ch- which a lot of people would explain those as extended run plays so i i was surprised that we didn't see more of that but when you talk about the receivers getting open i mean how many routes did they run if we only had eight passing attempts you know so so open on run plays you want them to get open uh that's not going to help our offense all that much so um I don't think that our receivers can't get open. I just don't think that they were called upon today. And and credit to those guys and shout out to those guys because there's other receivers on other programs that if they knew they weren't getting the ball or if the game, this big game that they have been waiting and chomping at the bit to get, uh, if they didn't get a ball thrown their way, they're not not blocking the same way Roman Wilson and Cornelius Johnson are blocking on the edges. Uh, Just another testament to the commitment and and the togetherness of this team that these guys are unselfish. And and when it comes time to make a play, they'll make one. But uh, to no, uh, it was a long answer. But no, I don't think we have an issue getting open. It's just they weren't called on to make those plays.
0: You know what's funny, too? And this is just I'm not picking on anyone in particular. This is just how fans are all season. The narrative, what have we talked about on here for the last, you know, 10 weeks, right? It's uh, I mean, the past, it's fun to watch JJ. The passing game's been great, but got to be able to run the football we can't run the ball the offensive line's not good Blake Corum's lost a step Donovan Edwards has lost a step and then you go into Happy Valley and you rush for whatever it is 226 yards 227 yards and people are sitting there going well you know what gonna have to pass the ball to to beat Ohio State gonna have to pass and then that almost makes it feel like we're back to normal now because that's the stuff we've heard the last two years um some people just can't be satisfied yeah and in the vacuum of one game Eight, eight, uh, eight pass attempts probably isn't the recipe, but today it, it was what they needed. So uh, Another super chat here from uh, the Lost Angels for nine ninety nine. He says the Michigan win at Happy Valley was better than Ohio State at home versus Penn State. Michigan was in no danger all game, but Ohio was close and was in danger of losing in their house. So now that we have seen those two games and Penn State is who we thought they were, Uh, They were going to, to me, it always felt like they'd be good, but lose to the class teams in the Big Ten East. And now that they are what we thought they were, Ryan, and we have those two games to compare, what do you make of the way uh, Ohio State and Penn State played, or Ohio State and Michigan played this Penn State team?
1: I think Michigan looked more dominant in their win versus. Uh, Penn State than Ohio State would. I don't think anyone would make that argument that that Ohio State looked more dominant than Michigan did when they played. And then you have to take into consideration the venue and the location. It was an away game for Michigan, home game for Ohio State. So I was kind of running that in my head of what's the college football playoff committee going to do? Where are rankings going to go? They don't matter anyway. We're going to meet Ohio State and we're, we're on a collision course. It's 300 hours away. Urban Meyer's counting, so I'm counting too uh so uh, it, it, we are going to collide with them and then we will make sure that they don't make it into the college football playoff and take care of that business but uh if you were looking for a non-bias opinion of whether Michigan beat Penn State better than Ohio State beat, beat Penn State my non-bias opinion is that Michigan did a lot better job
0: what what's your biased opinion
1: <laughs> <laughs> my biased opinion is that Ohio State's offense is only successful if Maserati Marv can bail them out and I think Will Johnson has been slowly grooming himself to be ready for the challenge of Maserati Marv and I think uh, uh their their whatever their guy's name Vanilla McMilky at quarterback is going to have an issue in a long day. Uh so that's my last thing I'll say cuz I'm not the one to provide bulletin board material but I'm ready for November 25th. Let's do it.
0: I, I mean Vanilla McMilky is one of the meanest nicknames I've ever heard. That's also, this is, here's you come on, you get to do this once a week. So you, you have the ability to throw a grenade and get out until next week. I'm the one who has to deal with all this stuff. Um, that's awesome, man. Um, Chris Sheehan with another 499 super chat says, thanks for what you do. Go blue F James Franklin and F Ryan day. Um, I'll just leave it on the screen uh, for now. We'll give James,
1: that James Franklin born to lose the big game. Cannot win it. I would love to talk about and give some shine to what is James Franklin record in big, t- big games. Cause uh, I don't think it's something that he puts on his resume when he goes shopping around.
0: Yeah. Uh, was there a part of you at time uh, again, a couple of weird fourth and ones uh, two point conversion. That was weird, but that's James Franklin stuff in big games. I mean, that's the books out on him at some point. There were a few, There was a pass interference call in the first half on Will Johnson, and there was a weird spot somewhere in, I think it was on the same drive. It might have been, I think it was the touchdown drive. Was there a part of you for a second that thought, okay, Big Ten did what it did? Jim Harbaugh suspended. He's not able to get the injunction to coach Saturday. Do you think, was there any part of you for even a split second that thought, "Mm, I wonder if this officiating crew got a call from the league office to either let some things slide or maybe tighten up in a few scenarios? Did that ever cross your mind?
1: It crossed my mind. And I think it crosses everybody's mind. I'm in the group chat with a bunch of alums and other players, and it, it crossed a lot of people's minds. But for what it's worth, I do think it was called consistently on both sides. I think that there was a lot of holdings that both teams got away with, uh, but specifically I I feel like you know that quarterback draw, Mason Graham, I don't know if I've seen a more form tackle from an offensive lineman on a defensive lineman that doesn't get called in the center of a QB draw, but uh, I also think that there were plays that Michigan uh, had their hands on the outside of guys and there weren't calls, so I thought it was consistent, but there was part of me. I mean, it's tough not to get a little schizophrenic at this point if you're a Michigan fan. Who else is out to get us, And, and what else can they throw at us because we'll already sacrifice having to pass the ball if we have to and just run it and still win games
0: yeah i think the the important thing in all of this is like you know what just just put your head down and play football um regardless of what the noise is regardless of what you know other teams are saying i think it's chippy like just play football because this team's pretty good at football because it has a lot of good football players like i said earlier Uh, So I think any other thoughts on offense uh, before we switch over to the other side of the ball? Uh,
1: Just, I was surprised if, if there's something that I wish that we would have done a little bit more. And I just, again, I don't want to hurl any criticisms because if this was what we were trying to do was get behind this identity of this smash mouth football program, I'm all for that, but I would have loved to see a little pressure taken off Coram and Donovan Edwards with just a little bit more of a play action or something to, to keep them honest in, 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 scattered in sparingly throughout the 38 or 39 run attempts in a row that we had in the second half. But um, again, no complaints about about a hard nosed big 10 win on the road, how we did it was fine. But if I wanted to see some more development, that's where I would have liked to seen it just to take a little pressure off of quorum and those first down rushing attempts. All
0: right. Well, before we switch over to defense and then we will take your questions to end the show, of course, want to talk about our pals and a longtime friend, longtime sponsor, of the wolverine.com the wolverine magazine the wolverine podcast lewis jewelers simple question guys is and this is for the older crowd so you guys tune into this one uh is your daughter's engagement ring bigger than your wives if the answer is yes great news lewis jewelers can help it's stress-free and easy working with one of their non-commissioned expert trusted advisors finding that perfect diamond stop by today and fix this family issue uh You're in a good mood already. May as well make the missus in a good mood too and up that ring uh, for her. Lewis Jewelers is your diamond store and so much more since 1921. Visit them at their location at 300 South Maple Road in Ann Arbor or online over at lewisjewelers.com. Every client that walks through their doors or or peruses the virtual store is taken care of. They have a non-commissioned, as I said, trusted advisor that is always ready to help you out and provide you with whatever you need answering all your questions. So head on over to Lewis Jewelers, 300 South Maple Road in Ann Arbor or online at lewisjewelers.com. Defensively, Ryan, uh, you look at this Penn State box score and it is, uh, I mean, they ran the ball fairly well. We talked about how good Michigan's run defense is. too. Penn State, uh, 35 carries, 164 yards, one touchdown. Uh, Catron Allen and Nicholas Singleton, as good as any running back duo in the country, uh, including maybe the one that was on the other sideline today. Uh, Drew Aller was given some leeway to make plays in the run game. But, you know, the the storyline with this Penn State team was always going to be if they were able to have an outlier performance in terms of what they've done against, you know, the bigger teams on their schedule, it was going to mean that they had to generate some big plays in the passing game. Drew Aller was going to have to play the best game that he could possibly play, which it's in there. I mean, he's a former five star recruit. But uh, 10 of 22, 70 yards, a touchdown, man, oh man, uh, 238 yards of total offense. Michigan held them to, what is it here? 4.1 yards per play. Uh, Penn State was 4 for 14 on third downs. I mean, this is, uh, again, at some point, teams are going to start scoring double digits on Michigan and finally get down into the 10-yard line, run a play, but... Some of the defensive stands that we saw from this Michigan team today, it, it kind of reminded me of the Ohio State game from last year where things aren't really working out early on, but you need those guys to dig in, at least force a field goal or get off the field quickly. And, you know, for what what my money is worth, only one sack on the day. It was from Jalen Harrell, who, again, I think re- continues to be one of the unsung heroes of this Michigan defense. Just a, just a master class today from Jesse Minter and his Michigan defense.
1: It was, and it was really good to see uh, – not good to see a team get down into the red zone and inside of our 10-yard line, but good to get our feet wet in that area of the field and see what this team is about when it comes down to a fourth and one from the one. Because you might be a great defense, but fourth and one from the one is not just your general everyday defense. That's a different mentality. It's a different different circumstances, and you never really know what you're about till you get into those positions in a tough game. And credit to the Michigan defense for stepping up. To be honest, I, I very rarely have any criticism for Jesse Minter or Schematics, but to be honest, I was a little bit puzzled at what we were doing early on because it was almost like we were going to play a dime or nickel package against their 11 and 12 personnel, uh, almost as if we were worried about the pass-first offense from you know, a Penn State team that has shown that they're – almost one dimensional through every game. So a little confused, but uh, you know, one of my great coaches and I know he's people have indifferent feeling towards him, but Greg Madison used to say, you don't get points for first downs. So let them come down the field. When you get into the red zone, things tighten up and it's tough to beat teams if you only ever get a field goal and you don't score points. And so that kind of seemed like our approach. And then once we had what I thought was a good matchup body-wise size on size, then they, they were neutralized. So it was an interesting concept to see what Jesse Minter rolled out for this team. I was curious to see what we were doing, but at one point we had a three-man front. At one point we had four-man front with two backers. And then pretty much the entire second half, you saw four five-man front, two, three linebackers, and uh that was kind of done with their success on the run. But um, you know, the little success that they had, I don't think it was a result of any of the players doing anything performance wise that was poor. I think schematically we weren't in the best matchup, gave them a little early success, but again, the success didn't yield points. So uh not heavy criticism for Jesse Minter, but I guess just a question of of what we were thinking early on going against this Penn State team
0: something that stood out to me uh, Keandre Lambert Smith was a guy who I think was targeted and I don't have the numbers right in front of me but a guy that I think he had a good 35 to 40 more targets than the rest of you know the next closest guy on this Penn State offense and that was a guy you're gonna have to hold in check to to make this football game look like the way it did and he was held to one catch for six yards four targets on the afternoon I mean that is again, Masterful, masterful stuff from this Michigan defense. So I uh, also
1: I have to stop you because there's one guy I gotta shut out, Kenneth Grant. Kenneth Grant on one of these big long runs walked down one of their running backs and should be the highlight of the defensive whenever they go into film to get prepared for this next Maryland game and they do the highlight tape of the game before. If that's not one of the featured highlights is Kenneth Grant with perfect form, 90 degree arms running down and gaining on a running back from Penn State. If you weren't scared of Michigan before, you better be now because that was one of the coolest things I've seen from the defensive tackle position. Him looking like DK Metcalf and rolling down Buda Baker. That was amazing. So shout out Kenneth Grant Man, your guy.
0: That, that's, uh, hey, that's our, that's our guy. Uh, that guy <laughs> is an absolute freak. Um, yeah, man. I mean, you just look, it just, just good performances everywhere. Really. I mean, you look at Macari page, Rod Moore uh, had six tackles on the day to lead the team. Macari page recovered a fumble uh, that Rayshon Benny forced. That was huge. Um, oh, just the one sack on the day three tackles for loss. Rod Moore had one of those. Ray Sean Benny had one of those. Uh, Jalen Harrell obviously had the one on the sack, but yeah, I, I mean, if the being that this Penn state offense is kind of who we thought they were, this is the type of performance I expected uh, from this Michigan defense. And I have very little, uh, very little doubt, you know, if you weren't, and this is where, this is what gets me is because now the goalposts are going to move and say, oh, well, you know, well, Penn State's offense was overrated because that's what happens when Michigan embarrasses teams. All of a sudden, the goalposts move. And, well, you know, um, you know I, I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't. This team's really good. The, t- the players are really good. They're playing excellent football. They're being put in the right positions. That has nothing to do with stealing signs and everything to do with a complete buy-in from especially that side of the ball. Uh, you know, if Michigan's going to win a national title, it's going to be because that defense packs its lunch pail and we've seen it travel everywhere. They've played their best defensive football this year in these four road games that they've played. So to me, it's uh, I, I don't know if, th- if there's much more to say about it than that. I mean, they, they have been outstanding uh, and I have a super chat here that I want to, I'll get your thoughts first. And then I have one that must be brought up here in a second.
1: No, I was just going to say uh, at one point, I'm sure people were wondering when the game was tight and they were getting some movement in what we're doing on defense. But, you know, I was watching with a friend and one of the things we said right away to one another when Drew Aller scored on the QB draw was if Penn State's game plan is to win through the legs of Drew Aller, we've got this win in hand. They don't know it yet, but we already won. And that was one thing that I thought that let me know that there's – Not much to this offense in the terms of passing game. They're either going to run it with a running back or they're going to run it with Drew Aller, but they don't have any confidence whatsoever that they can throw against our team. And, you know, our defense, if this isn't the game that you can hang your hat on and say, all right, Michigan defense is the best, if not the best, but one of the best defenses in the country and absolutely the best defense in the Big Ten – I don't know what you're watching because across the board, there's no deficiencies. There's no weaknesses. This defense specifically, I think this team has very little weaknesses, but this defense specifically has depth and is good in the secondary, good at the linebackers, good on the edges, good in the tackles. And there's guys behind every single one of them that can play. So uh, beyond excited about how our defense has continued to play in the consistency game in game out. It's the same situation.
0: Absolutely. I, I don't have anything else to add on defense other than, uh, Jesse Minter's a wizard. They're loaded. They're deep. That's where it is. Uh, very, very confident in what they will be able to do moving forward. This one's been sitting here for a minute. Um, and because we, you know, I'm like Ron Burgundy with the teleprompter. I'll read whatever's on the screen. Derek Lesseter for $50. And again, these are Derek's words, not mine. Don't shoot the messenger. My only question is, and maybe this is where we kick off the questions segment. Derek wants to know, do you think crying, snitching day is shaking in his plus size women's underwear after he thought he could destroy our program? Go blue. We are waiting for you, Buckeyes. So, uh, uh, that might just be one we leave on the screen for a sec. I don't know. I don't have really have a response to that other than I think that there's a very good chance that Tony Petitti, uh, through, through a temper tantrum, uh, after this game, I think, uh, a lot of Big Ten coaches probably did, and we'll see what happens next. We're kind of taking things one day at a time. This hearing for Harbaugh situation seems like it's going to be Friday, so we may not know until then if he'll be able to coach at Maryland. But, I mean, at this point, I'd be very surprised if he wasn't on the sidelines against Ohio State. And at, at this, you know, I'll say this too. It definitely matters if he's there or not, but the way that we watch this team rally around what happened just in the last 24 hours i i mean i have full confidence in them no questions asked moving forward honestly
1: i think that the actions that have happened so far to this point in the season show that ohio state ryan day have at least some doubts and reservations of whether they compete with michigan and I feel like that's a new dynamic that has emerged over the last year or two years. Uh, but all of a sudden, I think Ryan Day has been walked back from third base to second base and is looking first base square in the face because uh, this team that he has, I think, is going to uh, fold like I think Lou Holtz predicted that they would when they get hit in the mouth. It remains left to be seen, but that's one thing that I feel like you it's very tough. You can game plan for a finesse team or someone that wants to get a receiver open or something like that. But when we're going to line up with seven offensive linemen and let you know that it's a run play and you can't stop us from getting four yards, there's no more game planning that has to go on. You only get 11 guys. So uh, I don't know what you do besides sit there and fester in the fear. And uh, I think Ryan Day and Ohio State – are at least aware that Michigan has a program and and a culture that doesn't mix well and overpowers what they're doing and cooking over at Ohio state. And they know it and they know what's coming and they're worried about it.
0: Right. I'm sure at some point in your life, you'll be at a tee ball game or something and a kid will hit a ball off the tee and and start running to third base. Maybe (laughs) that's how he got there. Um, (laughs) You got to go back. You got to go this way. And then we'll get over here. And you know, that's maybe that's how it winds up going, but uh What a fascinating time to be alive. Um, We'll see. Thank you, Derek, for the super chat. And, oh, my gosh, you guys are in rare form today. All right, we will uh, move ourselves into questions now. I have a bunch in the queue here, so uh, feel free to line yourself up. Uh, We'll take this one first, uh, a couple of quick super chats from Nick Christensen, who says, Blake Corum has to be a top three all-time back at Michigan. Thoughts on that, Ryan? I can't disagree
1: with you. I think he might be tied for third uh, with some some guys. I mean, Michigan has a t- tradition of excellence at the running back position, and you can't overlook the fact that Blake Corum has been the benefactor of maybe some of the best offensive lines collectively that the University of Michigan has been able to field the last two years. I know we've talked about this year on the offensive line not being as solid, and I would agree that it isn't as good as it's been in the past two years, but yeah, uh, someone someone smarter than me that's better at running the Google machine should look up how many other Michigan running backs have had two-time Joe Mora winning offensive lines in front of them before you just say that he's necessarily better than some of the other backs. But I do think he is elite. He sits among at the table among other elites. Who cares who's one, who's two, he's three. He's he's in the top uh, of Michigan's history as a running back. Let's
0: go to this one from Talking about Blake Corum's backfield mate, Donovan Edwards. Josh Nelson for $2 says, The Don showed up and the offensive line played their best game. Uh, I'll start with that. I don't know that it was was the offensive line's best run game performance. Uh, The pass pro, something that's probably got to be sorted out. Um, It's been an issue at times uh, throughout the season, certainly the last few weeks. But Donovan Edwards, I mean, we've dogged him for weeks on here. And when his number was called, he made several big plays for this team today.
1: He did. And we knew he was capable. We've not had any doubts that he's able to do this. I think we may have questioned whether or not he felt healthy because I think they were a little bit more closed lipped about some of the injuries and stuff that he had to take care of during the off season. Uh, but I feel like he's just been waiting for for that fuel to, to add to the spark that he can provide. And he finally got some opportunities and and took advantage of them and Uh, you know, another guy that feels like he's finally coming back and healthy. And we didn't see much of is Khalil Mullings. I think Khalil Mullings might've found some success in a game like today. uh, But again, we didn't need to bring him in. And, uh, you know, I, I still think we will need, we needed him today and we will need Donovan Edwards for the rest of this season. He's going to need to have another productive game or two uh, in some of these big contests coming up.
0: Uh, We do have a super chat from, I'm not going to read it producer, uh, so we do have a $4 super chat from a Buckeye fan. And all I will say is thank you for your generous donation, because this is my show and I can do what I want. Uh, this one from Otis John uh, says question, the wake force scandal didn't get the same attention from the NCA as the Michigan investigation. And why is that? You know, I'll be honest. I've seen this come up a few times. I forget a lot of the facts of that case. Uh, I think it's something to do with a plate. Was it a play by play guy that was, sharing intel or something with the other team, I, for, I I'll have to go back and look that up. But um, I know that Dave Clawson at Wake Forest is pissed off about that. I know that there are a lot of coaches. They're obviously at Michigan. You know, they're. This is the thing about the sign stealing, and we're not gonna we're not gonna spend too much time on this today because I'm I'm quite frankly I'm kind of over talking about it on game days.
1: Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I th- I'd be surprised what other scandal you can talk about with an ongoing investigation that is not complete how much information has been shared how often it circulates in the media to be honest it's a testament and i'm going to call it a tribute to you the fans the listeners the podcasters the commenters the espn knows that if they put something out there that says the word michigan on it you're going to click you're going to read i'm guilty of the same thing so in order to get the continued audience that they they want to get michigan's going to run on espn for the next you know, every five minutes for the next three days until we stop clicking on it. But, uh, at the end of the day, doesn't seem to matter because this team just continues to grind.
0: Absolutely. So again, we'll see what happens with that, all that stuff. Um, I have a feeling this, this situation gets uglier and a lot of people's skeletons will emerge from their closets because I guess that's, that's just the road we've decided to go down now. So, uh, a lot to get to here. We might actually close the queue up soon. So last call for those have a lot still to get to. Uh, Steven Solomon asks, any worries about a letdown game next week? Nah, it's Maryland.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would never think that you should underestimate a Big Ten opponent, but Maryland has a tradition of of fluttering and, and failing in november after strong starts in september they always seem to get worse as a team just kind of is their culture and they haven't been able to revert that and I, I honestly think michigan i mean think about it. michigan just beat penn state with only the run game that's one hand tied behind their back and they beat a what i still think is a pretty decent i don't know about top 10 but a pretty decent penn state team maryland's got no chance I mean, I just it's just the truth. Uh, Michigan can line up with only offensive linemen and J.J. McCarthy handing the ball to a running back, and that's all we would need all game, and we would probably win that game 21 nothing, 28-0, because they're not going to be able to move the ball, and they won't be able to stop us over time running the ball.
0: Yeah, and, and we say all this, and it's still arguably the second best team that Michigan will have played this year, but um, again, that's – that's a big 10 problem. That's not a Michigan problem. So I'm, I'm tired of hearing that too. You're waiting for them. To, oh, what are they going to do when they play a real team, when they play a top 10 team? Boom. 24, uh, 15. It wasn't even that close. So uh, this one's from our guy, Adam Shepherdson. This is RVB. What did you think about our pass rush? Do you think the QB draw slowed our edges? I thought we had glimpses.
1: You know, I, I- Well, first, I don't think that we had a ton of attempts at pass rush because I think uh, Drew Aller, we got there early and gave him some happy feet. I mean, a lot of times he's shooting fadeaways on three-step where he should be leaning into his throws, and he's on his back foot. He's leaning away, and we've got a guy bearing down on him. Although we didn't produce the sacks, I think we did produce some decent pressure. And then another thing that you you got to give some credit where it's due that Penn State did that I thought was smart, and I've been waiting for other teams to do it if they're so keen on this signal thing, is where's the hurry up? Where's the – no huddle offense where we if you signal your play in and snap the ball what is the benefit of knowing if we know the play or not you know so that's another thing that i think uh, skews what people think this sign stealing thing is 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 as an advantage um but on third down they did a really good job of not changing their personnel so we couldn't change to our nickel personnel so we didn't have our guys that typically we like in pass rush scenarios in those games so uh, i think you had some guys not out of position but outside of what they do their best when it came to some of the passing down situations so uh i think that we saw decent edge pressure, decent interior pressure. Uh, considering that is a really good offensive line for Michigan State, I think their left tackle is supposed to be the number one drafted offensive lineman in the draft. So uh, with all that being said, I thought the defensive line played pretty solid and got enough pressure, but um, you'd always like to see a little bit more quarterback on their back, especially as you know, you're know you getting into the, the game at the end of November.
0: Uh, I have a super chat here for 9.99, and then I uh, have a, a couple more questions. I think four to hit after that, so that's going to be where I close the queue for today. So if you've got one in, um, unless you really want to get one in with a super chat, now is the time to do that. Alone uh, Omnipotence, which wow, that's that's a lot to absorb. Uh, Maryland for 9.99 says Maryland gets curb stomped, and damn, I would hate to be OSU because I say I'd say we still blame them for this whole debacle. Listen, I mean, you know, I'm I'm going to recuse myself from making comments on that. Um, I, I think that your first point holds up, though. I think that Maryland will get blown out. And I think that it, there never needs to be more fire added to the Ohio State game. But today was a message that you can you, do whatever you want in terms of taking Harbaugh away. You know, you want to take, you know, you give us – short notice, long notice, whatever it is, you want to bleed out facts or or rumors or speculation about the program, then we're just going to put our heads down and play football. And I think that's, sometimes you could talk about it. A lot of Michigan teams in the past, a lot of Harbaugh teams in the past have talked about it. Very few have been about it, but only this one has ever truly been, you know, they are, they are just one play at a time, one day at a time, one game at a time, personified. I mean, that sounds cliche when people say it, but I've never seen a team put it into practice the way that this group does.
1: I also would say Michigan, which I love the message, but Michigan is just staying in their lane and doing what they do day in and day out. You know, I think one thing that could be this could be a distraction in a way of, oh, we're coming out even today. We're coming out without hardball, and we're going to show something. We're going to put an ass whooping on these boys or something like that. Well, then you play outside of yourself, and you do things. You take risks that you don't normally take, or you miss an assignment that you wouldn't normally miss. That team didn't do that, and credit to them for their leadership and, and their maturity to not do that. And part of me thinks, on the flip side of that coin, if you're Ohio State and you play for Ryan Day, You've not been ignorant to what's been going on. You've heard of the speculation of what Ryan Day has may or may not have been involved in some of these allegations. So part of you has to be questioning yourself as this has rallied Michigan and Harbaugh has been taken away from these players. And you hear our players talk about how strong they are. I consider what the mindset is of an Ohio State Buckeye in their locker room when they're concerned of their coach is using alternative methods to try and distract your rival team because he doesn't have the confidence that you'll beat them in a straight up fight and to me, I would know that in the locker room. I feel like I would know that. I feel like my teammates would know that. And I'm curious to see what mentality and how long they're able to come with that mentality. Cause everybody's got a plan to you get hit in the mouth. So I am curious what to see with the, the Buckeyes show up to uh, Ann Arbor and what mentality they show up with and how they, how they get along, you know, not just in the first drive, but through all four quarters because as far as i know michigan still and maybe the only one nationally zero points given up third quarter
0: i've decided i will address that second the second point in the super chat uh, mostly because i want this this person to get their money's worth out of it i have to be very be, be very choosy be very careful of how i put this though too um i've said i've said it before Michigan is is going to answer, you know, there's going to be something that Michigan winds up having to answer for coming out of the Connor stallion situation. And still a lot of questions about, about that, you know, in terms of rules violations and, you know, what's, you know, a lot, the the thing that gets me is a lot of this stuff is petty level two, level three type stuff. Um, But the fact that over a month ago you had insiders I'll put air quotes around reporters. Ohio State reporters hinting at something coming for Michigan long before long before any of this dropped. And we thought, oh, were they ref- referencing Burgergate? Are they referencing Matt Weiss? Or what is it? And, and the fact that that drip, drip, drip for so many weeks was just just piling on and piling on, and new information coming out. And anonymous coaches say this, and this coach says. This is the worst thing that's happened, you know, to America since Jade, you know, JFK was assassinated. The fact that this was it was coordinated. There's no other, there's no other way to put it. It was a coordinated hit that you know, perhaps there was, you know, there are merits of wrongdoing, but the fact that there were so many Ohio State beat guys, and I do have respect for some of them, including the guys that are that are you know that work for us on our network, but off-platform or nationally the fact that there were a lot of guys snickering like school kids. Oh, you just wait. <laughs> Something's coming out on Michigan. You're snakes, you're snakes. And I'm tired. I, you know, I'm, this is, I love college sports. I've been doing this for 10 years. I think if you are someone who is, um, I'm going to stop there. I'll just say this. The narr- the narratives being so strongly in one direction for a long time uh, i think that a lot of those guys are wearing that and you know if you want to be a propaganda pusher fine if you want to be someone who carries water um for the coach you cover fine but just know that they're they're quiet now and there are things that i think will come out soon that the shoe will be on the other foot and it will be one of those ain't no fun when the rabbit's got the gun scenario so i'm, I'm just i'm tired of all of it i'm tired of the mudslinging I'm tired of the social media part of it um let's just let's just keep playing football so again sorry to go on a little rant there but i'm just i'm just fed up with it there's no other way for me to put that um laurie o with a super chat for 9.99 says connor stallions is responsible for this debacle but this team is showing it can overcome it go blue again that kind of just goes um hand in hand what i was just talking about um he's gone he was suspended immediately uh, he did resign, uh, I think a week ago now it was, and again, that doesn't exonerate Michigan, but there's more, you know, the old adage is, you know, the program is more than what one guy, no man is more important to the team. Um, again, I'm, I'm not going to take victory laps about it cause it'd be silly to kind of, you know, I don't like doing the witch hunt stuff or planting a flag, but, uh, it has the fact that this has just been such an exhausting few weeks. Um, I don't know. Do you have any other final thoughts on that? I went off way too long on it, but it's just no, me.
1: I feel like I feel like this name has been given enough light and I don't care to comment, but I do appreciate you listening, Lori, and thanks for the super chat.
0: Thank you, Lori. We got two more here. We'll call it a day uh, from our pal Ayako, who donated uh four hundred yen, or I think that's how it works out. She says a hundred yen per Drew uh, Drew Aller completion. Again, math not my strong suit. Just wanted to get our friend Ayako on the screen. Um it all it all spends here. Put a little bit of food in the dog's bowl. So thank you, Iyako, for that. Uh, our last one here. We'll take from Kyle, buds, uh, buds, buds, Zanowski. I hope I pronounced that right. Four ninety nine. When Michigan uses the QB run game, that opens everything else up on the ground. Simple as that. A football question. Let's end on this one, Ryan.
1: Well, yeah, and uh, this is what we've been waiting for, right? And the other thing that I think is just an interesting there's a lot of interesting things surrounding this game, but another one is I don't know if I've ever seen a cor- a coordinator or a coach acting head coach go in at halftime and come back and go and close the playbook. We've been waiting for them to open the playbook for forever. And Sherrod Moore just said, screw it we're running the football. Don't look at the play. Cook. I only need half of this play sheet. Cause I'm just going to the runs. And uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know that I've ever seen that before, but um, I did like some of the creativity we showed with JJ McCarthy. I think again, we were sparing with when we allowed him to run every time he runs the ball. It seems like he, he finds a way to make contact look as rough as possible. I don't know what, special quality he has or possesses that makes the impacts look so serious. But uh, luckily, he seems like he came out of that relatively unfazed. And I think that's why you see it so sparing. But again, just throwing my two cents out, I'd love to see him have an option to throw the football to a tight end that leaks late, a running back that leaks late, just to put some stress on some guys. So it's not a pure run look. But uh, yeah, the QB run is just another element of the offense that again, we sprinkled that in so sparingly today just to help us out. Um, but it's just another facet of this offense that we didn't really even have to use.
0: I think that's a good place to leave it. Uh, A fun day, stressful day, stressful couple weeks, but it's back to football next week. Uh, We'll be at Maryland. I'll be back on the road next week. So I'll be doing the post game live from college park. And then it's Ohio state and man, oh man. I mean, I think these next two weeks are going to fly by, but every day, I mean, there's something that's going on every day, but it could also be, uh, be a bit of a slug for it to get here. But uh, thanks to everyone for joining the show. Make sure to hit the like button on your way out. It helps us out big time, uh, pushing us up the algorithm and things like that. Also, take a second to subscribe. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us this week. Uh, great show, Ryan. Thank you so much for your time as well. Producer Megan, behind the scenes. You guys are amazing. Thanks for all the great super chats. We will talk to you very soon. Appreciate you for tuning in. And on to the next one.